podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Tuesday on which we are supposed to believe Liverpool are prepared to pay, depending on who you choose to believe, 250 or 300 million quid for Kylian Mbappe. Now, it seems like it should be pointless for me to spend time suggesting, saying that we're not going to do this. I think everybody's aware that we're not going to do this. We will not be signing Kylian Mbappe. Even if we sold Mo Salah or included Salah in said deal, we would not be signing Kylian Mbappe. There is no world in which Mbappe plays for Liverpool next season or the season after or the one after that or the one after that. It's just not going to happen. And everybody knows that. However... That doesn't stop the internet crazies from getting themselves all riled up and seeing this as an excuse to have a bash at the owners. As I've said before, there are lots of things to hammer the owners over. Lots of them. This is not one of them. (laughs) This is not one of them. Kylian Mbappe would cost whatever the fee is, even if it's 150 million. The guy earns a million quid a week, two million a year in just wages. That's ridiculous. We should not be doing things like that. We won't be doing things like that. And they know we won't be doing things like that. But what they'll do is they'll turn around and say, oh, we had the opportunity to get Mbappe. And we didn't. They won't back Klopp. Do you you know how stupid it makes you sound when you say things like that? Do you really? Do you understand that it just makes you sound absolutely wackadoo when you say things like that? When you try and hammer the club over not signing Mbappe? Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Even clubs that do spend recklessly, like Manchester United and Barcelona, are not going to sign Mbappe because even they realise the stupidity of what would be involved. Real Madrid might do it because they're, well, basically a state-owned team whether they like to accept it or not. PSG could do it because they are state-owned. 
City and Newcastle could do it, but they're tiny little clubs. He's not going to go to them. He's going to go to Real Madrid. There is no option for him to come to us. Like, we're not even on the radar for him at this point. So, like, I get it. I get wanting to complain about stuff. But Jesus Christ, lads, it's fucking June. Let's have ourselves a wee settle down here. We've already signed someone. Man City haven't signed anybody, but they've lost Ilkay Gundogan. Arsenal haven't signed anybody. They've pricked about and they've lowballed a bunch of clubs with offers for players. They might get Kai Havertz done for 65 million though. Kai Havertz for 65 million or Alexis McAllister for 35 million. You know? Like, it's June. It's June. We've got a player in the door. We've got irons in the fire. We're talking to other clubs. We have bids on the table for multiple players. We may well have a second deal pretty much wrapped up pending a medical after these Euros, the under-21 Euros are over. So, like, the idea that we're getting left behind, it just isn't based in reality. Now, look, City might sign Declan Rice. Whoop-de-fucking-do. He doesn't move any needle. He doesn't improve City. So why would you be worried about it? They're going to spend £100 on a £50 footballer. Doesn't improve them. He doesn't improve Arsenal. Well, no, hang on. He would improve Arsenal if he were replacing Granit Xhaka. But he's not. He's replacing Thomas Partey. And as reprehensible a human being as Thomas Partey might be, He's a better footballer than Declan Rice, and he's certainly a better number six. If Arsenal are going from Partey and Xhaka to Rice and Havertz at a net spend north of a hundred million, that's appalling. We all know why they want to get rid of Thomas Partey. We all know why he's eager to get out the door. It has absolutely nothing to do with football and everything to do with the fact he might be heading for prison. There's a reason Saudi Arabia is the only place he can go and nobody else wants him. Because he is a fantastic player. And if if he was actually available, there would be a line of clubs queuing up to get him. But he needs to go somewhere where there's no extradition to the UK. And that's why he's going to go to Saudi. It's why Arsenal are happy to push him out the door. They got what they needed from him last season. They played him in every game they could possibly play him after he'd been arrested and bailed. And now that the chickens may be coming home to roost, as they say, they're pushing him out the door. But Declan Rice is a downgrade on Thomas Partey. 
as a number six, he is a significant downgrade. Granit Xhaka isn't a very good player, but defensively, he's better than Kai Havertz. Havertz is a lot better going forward, but Xhaka had a really good season going forward last year. And I'd be, I'd be surprised if Kai got as many goals as Xhaka did last year in midfield. So I'm not, like, what are we worried about Arsenal for? Genuine question. What is anybody worried about Arsenal for? Because in the last seven years, they've been better than us for 19 games. That's it. 19 games in seven years. We were better in 16, 17, 17, 18, 18, 19, 19, 20, 20, 21, 21, 22. And last season, they were better for the first 19 games. And we were better for the second 19 games. So what are we worried about Arsenal for? They had one fluke six-month spell. That's it. One fluke six-month spell. Where they were able to play their best team week after week after week because the Europa League was so poor they could play kids in reserves, which is what we'll get to do this coming season. And fitness permitting, we'll get to play our best team in the league week after week after week and not make changes. Go man for man Arsenal against us. There's not many of their players getting an R11. Allison over Ramsdale, easy. Trent over White, easy. Robbo over Zinchenko, not easy, but it's still Robbo. Ibu over Saliba, no question. Virgil over Gabriel, easy. Odegaard over Henderson, without question. Thiago over Xhaka. You'd take Partey over Fabinho from a footballing sense. And then in attack, it's Salah, without doubt. I mean, personally, I'd rather have Gakbo and Nunes than Jesus and Enketia. And we play uh, Saka on the other wing rather than Martinelli. You can have Martinelli either, but then you're losing Saka. Like, we have a better team than them. We've got a much better manager than them. And based on what we know is taking place in the transfer market right now, we're taking a smarter approach than them. If we end up with Alexis... Kefren, Lavia, and let's say Inacio. And they end up with Timber, Rice, and Havertz. We will A, have had a better window than them, and B, improved ourselves more than them, while C, spending less than them, and D, having begun, began the process as better than them. 19 games is all they were better than us for. 
And I'm sorry, that doesn't make them a better team. Look at the back half of the season. Once we got even a slight modicum of form, just look at the two games we played against them. If not for three bogus decisions by a bad referee at, at, at the Emirates, we win that game 3-1. And we were garbage that day. And we battered them at Anfield. And this is the best Arsenal team any of them can remember. Because they're all children. I saw one idiot say that the minimum minimum acceptable Champions League performance for Arsenal next season is semi-finals. He claimed they were one of the best teams in Europe and could beat anybody in Europe. Well, you played Man City three times and they spanked your arse three times. So that's not true. You got knocked out of the Europa League by Sporting Lisbon, who finished fourth in Portugal. Uh, They were the first decent team that you played. And you went out of both cups quite early as well. Arsenal fans might be the most deluded bunch going right now, but man for man, we have a better team than them. And I don't even think it's close. And it's certainly not close between the two managers. One of them is an all-time great, and the other one's a Lego head who will have spent $700 by the end of this summer. And hasn't won anything since he started spending money. He won an FA Cup before he spent anything. Then he started pissing money away and he's built what I would suggest is a third to fourth place team for 700 million. He's basically Pep without the managerial ability. Anyway, Let's have a look at this is Anfield. Uh, they've got two really good pieces up. Profiles on Manu Mone and Kefren Turam. Well worth having a look at both of those. Neil Jones has his new weekly column up about summer transfers. There's another new photo shoot from the Anfield Road stand. So do check that out. Um... There's a piece about Romeo Lavia. There is a piece about Luis Diaz getting the number seven shirt. Curtis Jones was outstanding for England in the most recent under-21 match. So there's a piece up on that. A piece about Bobby potentially going to Saudi Arabia. A piece about Robbie Keane, former Red, very short tenured Red, um, getting his first job as a manager, he will be the new Maccabee Tel Aviv manager, which is a, a little bit of an odd one. Um, full Liverpool third kit with purple shorts now leaked. Oh dear. This looks like a goalkeeper shirt, but this appears to be. Oh dear. Oh, no, no, no. That's a bit of a shocker now, lads. Have to say. On Liverpool.com, there's another one of these dream transfer window things that are never actually anybody's dream. 
Um, Jurgen Klopp has found injury-free Naby Keita. Liverpool transfer news amid next Sadio Mane claim as Jurgen Klopp could sign $19 million bargain. So the bargain is Arda Guler. I think the issue there is his dad appears to be looking for someone in the region of about $20 million for himself, uh, for you know having functioning testicles, I assume. It, this is the new trend now. We saw it happen with Erling Haaland. And his father, Alfinga, had his hand out. Uh, we saw it happen in the Jude deal where Mark had his hand out. And now Arda Gula apparently is the next one with his father standing with his hand out. Um, transfers are getting murkier and murkier by the day. Uh, Liverpool favourite for elite $196 million transfer. Uh, this is the, the another type of thing that'll drive the crazies round the bend. Oh, we could have signed Victor Osman. No, we couldn't. As simple as that. Um, iconic Liverpool number still free for new player after Darwin Nunes leak and Luis Diaz change. What's the Darwin Nunes leak? Oh, that Darwin could potentially be taking... Number nine, Diaz is taking seven. Alexis took ten, which means that the number eight is available. Um, I would leave it empty for the year and let someone earn it personally, unless Trent wants it. Liverpool drops Nicolo Barella. Hint, as FSG partner joins... Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. All right, let's have a look at this now. Um, FSG Associates Red Bull Capital Partners have joined Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney in investing in a Formula One team. Interesting. So they have made an investment in Alpine. Um... Reynolds and McElhenney are, are buying 24% and the Redbird team, it doesn't say how much they're buying, but it looks like it'll be a significant amount. Um, Liverpool may have dropped a transfer hint over Nicola Barella after announcing Luis Diaz's new number. Oh, apparently Diaz got seven because Barella wears 23. Imagine some somebody got paid money. Not not whoever put this on Liverpool.com, although they also got paid money for it. But someone in the Express got paid money for this shit. Absolutely brutal ger- journalism. Right, on to AnfieldIndex.com. There's a piece about Diaz's new shirt number. There is a piece about Jeremy Doku. My thoughts on Jeremy Doku are as follows. He's incredibly fun to watch until the point that he becomes incredibly frustrating to watch. Um, Mo Chatra has a piece up about the upcoming negotiations with Nike. Um, 
or Nike. It, I, it, I still don't. It, it is Nike. It is Nike, to be fair. Um, Mo put it out as a thread on Twitter, and he's put it together as an article, so do check that out. Dave Davis has a good piece up entitled Klopp and Loyalty, and Steve Smith has a really good piece up about Kefren Turam and how he could help Mo Salah. So do check those out. Podcast-wise, there is the scouted with the breakout season and one to leave each club, Arsenal through Fulham. Part two of that is recorded. It'll probably be out today or tomorrow. Uh, There's the transfer pod with Trev and Dave Davis, and then there is Media Matters with Dave Davis and Neil Jones. So check out all of those things, and I will see you all tomorrow. And remember, we're not signing Mbappe. There's no possibility to sign Mbappe so you know when you're picking your battles with the owners that's just not one of them you just you look like a crazy person bye bye we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.